welcome to creating wealth through passive apartment investing podcast in this show we will discuss about best and worst experiences about passive and active apartment investing and i am your host ramakrishna let's begin the show today's our guests are suzy sevi and michael bonhart from adventurous real estate investors welcome suzy and michael thank you so much ramal it's a pleasure being on the show Yeah, thank you. A little bit about Suzy and Michael. Suzy and Michael are the founders of Adventurous Real Estate Investors. Their adventure began at a TEDx event. The theme was reset and it changed their lives. They took the event to heart and used that theme as a launching point to regain control of their lives, secure financial freedom, give back to the community. and discover their why they want to share their journey with others by helping others check off their bucket list items and achieve the greatest ROI return on impact with that Suzy and Michael would you like to add anything to your background Yeah so um thanks Ram I appreciate the the intro a little background the bio there so I am actively military so I'm currently that's why we're stationed or I'm stationed over here in England I was teaching at the Air Force Academy um and they're sending me now to get a PhD at the University of Cambridge here in biochemistry well I'll finish that up and and Susie's over here working as a program manager and a supply chain coordinator for a biotech company um so those are our W2s but we'll be back in the states in Colorado in, in a couple of years uh where I'll finish out my military career and then be able to transition to real estate full time Yeah and even just to expand a little bit like on the TEDx event so like it was a whole day event and it the whole theme was reset like the whole point of it was thinking like differently even as small things just as like tattoos right all the way to like beatboxing so like the, the spectrum was very wide on what they covered and so like that event in itself just made us like approach like what are we doing with our lives what are what do we want to do differently how do we want to actually live right instead of just going through the day to day and so once we figured out what real estate investing was like we made sure that we implemented the whole theme of that reset into our business thank you thanks for sharing that so how did you come up with real estate Yeah, that's a great question. So, like our real estate journey began actually when COVID-19 started. So, when the lockdowns happened, the first one over here was a little over 100 days, and Michael and I don't have a TV and so no one was working. And so, we were like, okay, what are we going to do? And we started a mini book club, and one of the books that we read was Multiple Streams of Income, and in that book it talked about real estate investing. And Michael had just looked at me and he's like, we have to do this. Like there's no reason why we shouldn't start this now and because of covid everything went virtual and that was really what like jump started everything because we could go to networking events and conferences when they were all online it made it much easier for us to be able to meet people and be in that space Yeah, absolutely. And so just to add to that real quick, uh, to, I just want to point out to your listeners, we choose not to have a TV. It's not that we we don't have a TV, we can't afford it, but <laughs> we choose not to have a TV because of the distraction that, that it causes. Cool, cool. And thanks for sharing that. And you are living in UK now. And so why the apartment syndications and how are you managing that? Yeah, it's a great question. So at first when we started down a real estate journey, we began, you know, looking at, you know, single family stuff and we really did a lot of ed- educating on single family. We actually identified a market, set up a team there uh, to do some burring, basically, you know, setting up our own rental properties there. But what happened was there we had two uh, doors under contract and the unthinkable happened a inland hurricane actually came through and wiped out like 60% of the trees. People were without power for 5 to 6 weeks. Complete des- devastation to the city, which was a, a real bummer, you know, from this 
the residents there from their perspective, but also from our perspective, right? So we decided to, well, we wouldn't be able to necessarily invest there over the next year or so while the city is kind of rebuilding itself. And, oh, by the way, those two properties, they fell out of escrow because we couldn't get financing. The, the contractors were too busy rebuilding the city versus like potentially rehabbing some properties. And so those two properties fell out of escrow. So we took a step back and looked at our goals and our ultimate goal, you know, back then when we first started was, hey, let's get 25 single family properties. Um, and then when we get those, we'll sell all those and roll those into, you know, 1031 those into a, a larger multifamily. And then actually what happened was we, we took a step back, looked at our five-year goals and the five-year goal is to get into the multifamily. We decided to, hey, let's go ahead and just jump right into multifamily. And so that's how we decided to multifamily because it was like, you know, with the economies of scale and everything like that, like our ultimate goal is to get to a hundred doors um, in 10 years. And a um, hundred single family homes would be a lot of work and a lot of, uh, of headache, if you will. So we figured, hey, let's just jump into multifamily. We can get to a hundred doors a lot quicker and meet our uh, financial freedom goals quicker as well. Yeah, so true. And you both are into biochemistry and biotechnology field. And what skills from your field are translating into apartment syndications? Yeah. So, you know, being, being in the military as well, like I was an acquisition officer for the Air Force where I still am, um, even though now I've, for the last several years, I've been in biochemistry teaching and things like that. However, the, the there's two guys, two different types of skill sets. So like one, as an acquisition, I acquired defense systems for the Air Force and then also, you know, carry them through the life cycle and then dispose of them as well. So like I have like the full spectrum of acquisition, asset management, and then disposition. So like all of that from acquisition, from my program management side of things, like my training from the Air Force has translated perfectly well to, you know, being a lead sponsor now on, on syndications and managing a team and also acquiring a disposition, you know, in asset management and things like that. Also the analytical side of things of me, you know, through biochemistry has really translated well to multifamily syndications. I've been able to leverage, you know, my love for data analysis when I'm looking at properties and analyzing them and underwriting them. So both of those have really helped a significant amount in multifamily acquisitions and for Susie. Yeah. And for biotechnology. So like specifically what I get out of it is that like biotechnology, what like the company focuses on is like human health and human life. And how I see that like relating to multifamily investing is that I want to create like a better life life for the families that we serve, you know, like, or the residents um, that are there, like, I think that's extremely important. And so that's where I see the tie because I see it in science, how important like human life is, but then translating that through into multifamily investing is also huge because human life is just one of the most important things on earth. And so being able to see it from both sides, I think is what brings it together for me. Yes. Especially your field is very, very important current situation, right? Yeah, very much so. It definitely is. And I mean, even now, right, where like the residents really want to be able to feel comfortable in their own home or any family wants to feel comfortable in their own home. So we just want to make sure that we're creating a, like, an environment and space where we're doing that for them. Cool, cool. Yeah. And so which markets you're focusing and what kind of data you look when you invest in any specific market? Yes, the, the two markets that we're really focusing on now are Oklahoma City and Tulsa. And we're really bullish on Tulsa. Tulsa has a lot of a lot of things going for it. And so, you know, we're looking at not necessarily looking at or well, we are looking at population growth, obviously crime rates and um, the the amount of units coming online and you know, jobs being created and all those market drivers for sure. Another thing we're looking at is like it was the how has the, the city responded to like COVID response, right? So like one of the things that Tulsa did was they did this huge initiative where they actually did something 
something called Tulsa Remote, where they are inviting people to come live in Tulsa and they work remotely from Tulsa and then they give them a little stipend, which is like $10,000 if they stay there within uh, for a year or whatever. So that actually brought like, you know, during COVID, it was like 30,000 applicants for that specific program. So we're looking at that. Like and- even in regards to like COVID funding, for example, because this was pretty big for us when we were looking at that data, like Tulsa as a city, like used $15 million for relief, whereas a city like Dallas only did $5 million. And so we were really focused on the cities that were also focusing on the people who live there. Yeah. So those are important drivers uh, for the economy and everything like that. But one thing that we're looking at as well is cash flow. So a lot of our investors are really interested in cash flow, not really focused too much on the appreciation side of things. And so we wanted to find markets that you know we can get higher cap rates, there'd be less competition, so it wouldn't drive the prices up. Uh, and then we can get those those higher cash flowing assets. Um, so in, in Tulsa and Oklahoma City, we're able to find properties that are you know, a substantial amount of cash flow, you know, pushing that double digit cash flow, where then I can we can underwrite to at least 50% of the return or close to 50% of the return comes from cash flow and the rest comes from appreciation or, or forced appreciation and market appreciation, right? So we're not too reliant on the, the appreciation aspect of the of the asset. Because if, if all else fails, like if we come if it comes time to sell the asset, you know, and, and when your business plan is up, um, we can still hold the, the asset for you know six, seven, eight years if necessary. And hey, it's still a cash flowing asset, still making a return for our investors, and then we sell it when the market is right. Cool. And how did you find out that stipend or benefit information? So because we are interested in Tulsa and Oklahoma City, like um, we are fully subscribed and locked, locked into like everything that happens in Tulsa and Oklahoma City. Like we have a, a really good pulse on on what's going on there. And so I'm, every morning and every evening, I'm reading uh, news articles from, from Tulsa or Oklahoma City and just what's going on um, as far as economy goes. So I have like Google Alerts set up uh, that let me know if there's things been published that have anything to do with the economy, real estate, Tulsa, Oklahoma City, things like that. So I'm, I'm, I have a pretty good pulse of what's going on. And then that allows me to really have a, to really understand what's going on in the marketplace and then exactly what the, uh, the leadership there is doing as well. Cool. Good. And thank you. Thanks for sharing that. And so what's your business plan for your recent acquisition and you know, going for even future deals? Yeah, so the business plan for the Harper's Lodge deal was that we are adding washer and dryers and then washer and dryer connections. And a big part of that was everything that was happening with COVID, right? We just thought like, how can we make the residents' lives better? Like instead of just renovating the unit, like what can we add to create like a safer, more relaxing environment? And so our biggest thing was washer and dryers. And going forward, that is something that we will definitely try to implement as well, just because, I mean, being able to stay like in the comfort of your home and do your laundry because many of us know that that is like a very long task just creates a lot more time right like when you can spend time like working on yourself instead of like having to leave your apartment to go do tasks like that like you create a better you you then can hopefully like bring that out to your family and to your work and then into your community as well cool cool and thank you and how did you form your core team and how did you come up with specific goals and roles yeah. So actually, when we first started getting multifamily, we were networking a lot, but also we were posting on social media saying, hey, you know, we we're interested in doing this and, and this is what we're doing now. And actually, one of my uh, classmates from the uh, from the Air Force Academy that I've known for like 15 years now is like, hey, I'm interested in, in multifamily. Let's, let's take down like, just take down some deals. And so he was actually located in Oklahoma City. Um, and so I was like, cool, we're interested in Oklahoma City and Tulsa. Like you can be our boots in the ground there. So that was our boots in the ground um, that we had locked up. And then we also have brought on some other members of the team to, to help us 
some um, some capital raising, but also with asset management and things like that. And so we just kind of, the other members of the team came from, well, specifically that member came from a, a mastermind that I'm a part of, a veterans, veterans mastermind that I'm a part of. And so we met through there. And then we also have a couple of mentors on our team as well, um, organic mentors that we met um, just through networking, who've also have you know, plenty of experience in the multifamily industry. And so they're able to come on the deal and, and kind of guide us along the way. Cool, cool. And thank you. Thanks for sharing that. And so yeah, how are you networking from UK during COVID and you're in into different time zones? So how are you managing your time and routines? Um, we just don't sleep. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. So we initially were going to meetup.com and looking on LinkedIn for events. Like, so through meetup.com, we were searching like real estate investing or passive income to be able to find those groups. And like through those groups, a lot of people will, I guess, promote their own meetup. And so we were finding out about meetups that way. And luckily there are like afternoon meetups that are being hosted in the U.S., so then we can join them like in our evening. We have stayed up for a couple of the late night ones, um, but that just makes a difficult day <laughs> for the next day. So it was just, yeah, a lot of meetup.com, a lot of LinkedIn, and then slowly going into Facebook because people are getting more active on making like passive income or real estate investing groups on Facebook and people will promote their meetups in there as well. Cool, cool. So would you share any of your challenging experiences so far in your journey and how did you overcome them? I think the biggest challenge for us, for our journey thus far, um, has been or was the the first capital raise, and I, and I, I say that because it was the it's the thing that made us not sleep for a while, right? So we initially had a, a webinar on, on a Thursday evening, and then you know within 24 hours we had a million dollars committed. We were trying to raise 1.75. We had a million dollars committed, and over the weekend there's nothing, you know, and we we're like, what is happening? You know, why aren't people subscribing? Things like that. Like, do we need to go find more capital somehow? And, um, you know, what we didn't realize and what we've come to the realization now was that actually, well, even though this is the most important thing that's happening in our lives right now, as far as raising capital, um, it's not the most important thing that's happening in everyone else's lives. And so the tip for your listeners there, if whether or not they're, you know, they're active investors or not, but uh, the tip would be to have the lesson learned, I guess, would be to have your investment webinar earlier in the week, like Monday night or Tuesday night or, or Tuesday during the day or something like that, to give plenty of time the rest of the week for the people to get in to subscribe. So you don't have to worry or be concerned over the weekend, but it all turned out to be fine. It was totally fine. Um, you know, the next week people started trickling in, but um, yeah, that was a, it was a very worries, worrisome for us, you know, we make sure that we, uh, we can close on a deal. Cool. And thank you. And so where are your investors located? All over, all over the U.S. Yeah. So no foreign investors, even though we're in the U.K., but all of our investors are, are U.S. citizens, actually. So, Okay, cool. And so would you share more about your recent acquisition, like the 88 units in Tulsa, Oklahoma City? So how did you get that deal and, you know, a little bit more about the process, you know? Yeah, so we had been in contact uh, with a broker out there. We've submitted a couple of LIs with him before. And even though we didn't win those earlier properties, you know, the broker was very familiar with us and our team and actually closed on, on a, a couple of deals with um, <clears throat> with one of our team members before. And so just having that credibility uh, going into, you know, when we actually, when this property came up and we were able to submit the LOI, he knew that we were credible. He knew that we were good buyers, credible buyers, and then it could actually close on a property. And so when this property came out, we submitted an LOI. He took it to the seller and was like, okay, these, these guys can actually close on the property. And so now, you know, having the strong team was definitely a key part of it, but also, you know, having, you know, some, having some relationships with brokers beforehand is, is also, uh, is key. 
Okay. So did you visit the property or? So Susie and I did not uh, visit the property, but our, our team, our, our boots on the ground team was there and they were able to walk the property for us uh, and also complete uh, physical due diligence and everything like that. Yeah, I think the biggest thing was that like they took like really great photos and then like we had created a list of like the questions that we wanted answered. So like anything that we would have looked out for is something that we asked them to look out for just to like create that extra sense of comfort, if you will say. Cool, cool. Got it. So would you share any of your best multifamily experience so far? So I think our best multifamily experience so far is actually everything going virtual because that created a great space like for us to actually get in, right? And through that, we were able to meet so many people, you know, like for example, we attend a meetup every Friday afternoon and his meetup was actually in person before COVID happened, right? So like if that hadn't gone virtual, I don't know if we would have ever met Brian Briscoe in that entire meetup, you know, just the amount of people that we've been able to meet, like we've met people in Washington, in California, like in Texas, in Iowa and Illinois, just all over. And a lot of these people were just going to in-person meetups at the beginning. And so it's really great that we have been able to meet them now. And another huge thing is that because everything went virtual, conferences will now, I'm pretty sure, forever be hybrid because they can also get so many more people who will watch online. And that's huge for Michael and I because we don't want to miss out on conferences just because we're over here and we don't have to pick the one or two that we can attend just because they're in person. So just having everything virtual was really the like the greatest experience that we could have ever had so far. And now there is no difference if you're in, you know, whichever city you are in US or UK or anywhere, right? So all are like virtual. Most of them are virtual. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And what is your current focus? Share something you're excited about now. So actually our current focus right now is that we are launching a podcast. <laughs> um, and that's really exciting just because we want to be able to like share our journey and then share other people's journey as well. Just because we are so big on like that return on impact. We want other like listeners to be able to know that like huge impacts can be created through real estate investing and like everybody's passions can really be like met and exceeded just because of what real estate investing can bring. And so we are excited to launch that podcast. It'll be ready on June 1st. Awesome. And it's called, yeah, thanks. And congratulations. Yeah. And the, the podcast name will also be the adventures of a real estate investor. And so it fits with us and our brand pretty well. And we're happy about that. Cool. Cool. Yeah. So any one advice that impacted you both? Yeah, so I guess the biggest piece of advice that kind of stuck with us was when we attended a, a virtual conference and this uh, this gentleman syndicator that I look up to, uh, his name is Whitney Sewell. He actually planted a seed in, in our head initially that said, you know, you don't have to start with single family. You can start with multifamily. Just figure out how to do it, right? And so that was the biggest piece of advice. And so it kind of, even though we still pursue single family, like our, still in the back of our head, you know, that seed was planted. We just need a little bit of watering, right? And, you know, that, that natural disaster that happened in, uh, in in Cedar Rapids, Iowa, which is unfortunate, but uh, I think that was the the water that that seed needed to grow. And now we're here. We started with multifamily and didn't start with single family. So, awesome, cool. Any one book that impacted your life and what way? 
Yeah. So the book that impacted our life, cause it was just another one that we got out of the like mini book club that we were doing together, but it's called the slight edge. And the whole premise of it is just to be like 1% better every day. You know, like you don't have to take like these huge leaps from one day to another in order to be great. It's like those little steps that get you to that great place. And that's truly like what makes an impact in your life. And so once we read that, it was just very eye-opening on being like, wow, that is true, right? Like everything does take so much time and the greatest things come from the greatest efforts. And so that book is what really stood out to us. Cool, cool. And so how are you giving back to community? So before COVID and all the lockdowns and things like that, you know, Susie and I spent a lot of time volunteering at, at local events and, you know, at various different uh, through various different organizations. But since everything has gone virtual now, it's a little bit harder to, to volunteer. But what we've been doing instead has been trying to give back and, and mentor uh, as many potential people um, who are interested in, in real estate investing and trying to help them with their journey. Because even though we've only been doing this for a little bit, um, we're still many steps ahead of a lot of people. And so we would like to give back as much as we can. Awesome. Awesome. So and how can listeners can connect with you? Yeah, thanks for asking, Rama. So, you know, our mission at Adventurous Real Estate Investors is to help you check off your bucket list items now, not after retirement. Um, so Susie and I, you know, spent a lot of time. We actually unlocked four powerful ways to generate the passive income you deserve while checking off your bucket list at the same time. And now we want to share those with your audience. So to claim your free guide, you can go to adventurousrei.com forward slash guide, and you can find us there. Awesome, awesome. And thank you, Susie and Michael. I really enjoyed the conversation and your perspective. Thank you very much. And thank you so much, Rob. It was a pleasure being on the show. Yeah, thank you so much. We really appreciate it. If you like the show, please subscribe, share, rate, and review. And if you want to connect with me, please send me a message, info at ushacapital.com. Thank you for listening. Creating Wealth Through Passive Apartment Investing Podcast. I hope you learned something from the show. See you in the next episode. Thank you. Any information provided from these shows are educational purpose only. As always, please consult with your own CPA, legal and financial advisor before investing.